Hey there, this is Adam Zekas with Tom Kissingberg from the IDP Read and React IDP podcast right here at DLF. Uh, say hello, Tom. Cheerio, chap, golly, good gosh. Here I am. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in getting started with IDP and Dynasty Leagues or looking for a way to dominate your IDP Leagues, then our show is for you. Isn't that right, Tom? Ah, yes, my good man. And of course, I bring the coveted data and insight that can only come from a monarch-loving, tea-slurping, crumpet muncher such as myself. Yep, very very cool, Tom. Very cool. Um, Well, you can find our podcast right here in the DLF Family of Podcast feed on DynastyFootball.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Read and React. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, it is the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan Myler with Matt Price this week. Matt, we we made a trade on the DLF Dynasty Podcast. <laughs> we uh, we traded Ryan McDowell for Matt Price. We don't know how it's going to work out, but we're we're missing Ryan this week. Hopefully we can... We can make another deal to get him back next week. I, I hope you got a little bit on top of that deal, like and back, coming back along with <laughs> yeah. me for Ryan. Two future first round picks. So we'll see <laughs> We'll see how good the, those turn out to be. We're missing Ryan, but we got Matt back, as I said, and we got a excellent show this week. The two of us are going to be talking about sleeper tight ends. Uh, Matt and I will also try to identify some rookies that are either cash a stash or if they're future trash as well. And then we're going to finish the show by projecting 2023 startup ADPs. Speaking of startup. The startup. You know, this time of year, Matt, Ryan and I talked about this last week. There's, there's not a lot of news. So sometimes the smallest thing is the biggest news item of the week. And this week that seemed to be, C.D. Lamb, he was in the news. There were reports this week that Lamb, he's ready to become that true number one wide receiver. Of course, C.D. Lamb is is now that number one guy in Dallas. Amari Cooper is in Cleveland. Michael Gallup is recovering from a torn ACL. We we got a rookie wideout that could get some playing time early in the season. And a good quarterback uh, behind center and you know, it really seems like this is it. This should be the breakout. 79 catches, over 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns in 2021, Matt, for, for CeeDee Lamb. He came in at the wide receiver 20, 14.5 PPR points per game. Um, but he finished just as a wide receiver just three times in 2021. As a wide receiver two, just three more times in those 16 games last season. So I'm wondering, with his current ADP at 7 overall and the wide receiver 3 in DLF ADP here this month, is he worth that ADP? And what are we expecting here coming up in 2022 for CeeDee Lamb? Yeah, it definitely seems like a projection. But, you know, then you start looking at the other wide receivers around him and it doesn't feel quite as bad to me. You got right behind him, you got Cooper Cup who's, you know, 29 years old next, this time next year, he's, he's going to be 30. So it seems like he's, he, he maybe shouldn't be even ranked that high currently, at least in dynasty and, and redraft. Absolutely. Then we have Debo who we're not sure what's going on with the contract. Is he going to be in San Francisco? He's going to have this role. We have AJ Brown who, you know, we kind of think is going to have a downgrade in situation a little bit. And then you get into, you know, T Higgins and DK Metcalf and it just, and I know it's a projection. We're probably projecting it, him at his ceiling because it's really difficult to see him eclipsing a guy like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Um, but, you know, it's kind of one of those cases about where else do you go? Uh, and, and like you said, he's completely set up for, for success this season. Uh, but it just doesn't it just feel like every time we have Dallas in like what feels like a perfect offensive situation, you know, last year at this time, we were like, man, this is going to be the most incredible wide receiver group. We've got Dax Prescott healing, ready to go. Then he had that shoulder issue in minicamp and, and that seemed to affect the entire offense. We have Zeke aging a little bit. Um, so I, I think there are definitely reasons to be concerned with both what he might do in 2022 and his current dynasty value. But I, I kind of feel like they're they're both warranted at this point, just based on what is going on around him. Well, C.D. Lamb had 120 targets last year and turned that into those 79 catches. 
and you know that's a that's a that's a pretty good season, right? We we look at Ceedee Lamb putting up those kind of numbers, but and it wasn't all that bad. It, it was a little bit up and down, a little bit shaky. What's kind of what's kind of crazy is that you mentioned Jamar Chase there, and he needs that kind of production to warrant that ADP over over an entire season. And Chase last season had his 81 catches and 1400 yards, 13 touchdowns on 127 targets. So just seven more targets. His efficiency was great. The big plays came and then the big games as well. We, he finished as a, as a top five uh, or excuse me, top seven wide receiver five times last season. And Lamb had a couple big two touchdown games, but Outside of that, we saw a lot of games where he was wide receiver 42, wide receiver 51, and you don't feel real good about spending top five startup capital on a wide receiver when he's having those kind of kind of games relatively regularly. Yeah, and you know there were was competition there, so you can you could say you know I, I think we all expected C.D. Lamb probably to be the the one la- there last season, uh, and he was in terms of of targets and production, but it, he didn't. It's not like he was vastly superior to Amari Cooper, and you know you can say it's just because there's more top level talent there. You know Gallup was there for just a minute, and and, and then it was really the two of them and, and the tight end that that stepped up. But it's the same thing for Chase, right? The, the, he's they've got T. T. Higgins there arguably at this point in his career is a, a stronger competition for targets than uh, Amari Cooper is. And, and then even, even the three, I would say even, is even better with Boyd. So I think we are making excuses a little bit. I think it's a, it's a risky pick, but I just don't know who else you, who else you put there. You'd either have to elevate somebody who lo- a little bit lower down the, down the ranks or, or elevate some, or uh, one of these veterans um, that we're less comfortable from an age standpoint, but, but are certainly more comfortable with from a production standpoint when we're looking at just next season. So it, it's, it's tough. He's a tough one to value this season. I would say that his trade market probably isn't as high as his ADP is yeah. uh, at, at this current time. So there's a discrepancy there. Um, so maybe you, have, maybe the move is to avoid him in a startup and, and, and maybe trade for him if you, if you'd like to have him on your roster for this season. Cooper was wide receiver 28 in fantasy leagues last year, 103 targets, 68 catches for 865 and eight touchdowns. So those, those targets are going to be spread out. And really the, the weapons there in Dallas, at least as, as the pass catchers go, um, not nearly as talented as maybe we're used to. And and certainly with the injury to Michael Gallup, there there's going to be an opportunity for Lamb to put up some big numbers early on in the season with Dak under center and what is expected to be at least an adequate running game again once again in Dallas. Uh, I think I think the sky's the limit for for CD Lamb, but we're going to have to see. Like we're going to do that exercise later on. We're going to try to project the 2023 first round in ADP. Uh, for May May of 2023, and we'll we'll see what where Lamb lands there. Dynasty rankings. I like that sound effect. We you know blast from the past, <laughs> back to the Nintendo days. It kind of feels yeah. like uh, we're gonna try to come up with some big numbers, or at least come up with some sleeper tight ends that could have some big games. Either in the short or the long term, we kind of left this wide open, Matt. You can you can really pick a player outside the current top twelve in ADP that we're thinking has a chance at at taking a leap, make either having big production this season or or building on something that they that they did in twenty twenty one or before that, and becomes a, a a top twelve option at the position. This was an interesting exercise because you know. Really, we've always said, if you don't have one of those top tight ends, the elite guys, then you're just chasing a touchdown. So we're trying to identify that next, the next player that can not, not necessarily jump into that top elite tier, Matt, but maybe can find their way into that second tier of tight ends and a guy that we can, we can count on week in and week out. Yeah, and I uh, I went a little bit different direction. I think there's a lot of ways you could go. It was difficult to pick just one. Um, there's a lot of guys from the tight end 13 to say tight end 28 ish range where that I think could probably make this jump. But I went with Cole Komet. Uh, he's currently tight end 14, so just outside of that range. But he's somebody I think could could really take a leap 
uh, this season. Uh, in, in 2020, his rookie season, he was tight end 41, 4.1 points per game. Last season, he jumped up to tight end 20, uh, finishing with 7.0 points per game. And I, th- I would argue his situation is better. Uh, you know, hopefully a, a, a coaching staff is going to want to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, and they have a new of a quarterback that we obviously like, although they didn't really do much to help set him up for success for 2022, as we saw in the NFL draft this year and in free agency, to be honest with you. So there's really not a lot of targets there. He fulfills my criteria for a, a, a tight end that could make a jump where he's probably going to end up as the number two pass catcher on the team behind Darnell Mooney. Other than that, we've got, you know, Equinamia St. Brown and Byron Pringle and Tajay Sharp and Dante Pettis and David Moore, who we liked when he was in Seattle and Daz Newsom, who we kind of liked last year. And then they d- drafted a special teamer, uh, Vellis Jones Jr. Um, so there's not really a lot of competition there. If, if Komet can really assume uh, a primary pass catcher role behind Darnell Mooney, then we could really see him take a step. And like you said, probably not into that elite range, a top three to five range. But I could see talking about Cole Komet next season in the tight end seven, eight range, just for clarification right now. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Pat Fryermuth are there. Dalton Schultz just behind that. Mike Gusecki is at tight end 10. So I think top 10 is certainly within his range of outcomes and you know maybe even as up as high as tight end six where Darren Waller is currently who's going to be you know 31 at this time next season. Um, so uh, I, I like Cole Komet right now and I don't really think the trade market is too hot too hot for him despite the, the ADP just outside of the first round. I Excuse me, outside of the top twelve. Yeah, I, I I considered Komet for for my choice as well. He was he was a tight end one three times. And what's interesting about that, Matt, is we always say that the bottom of those top twelve tight ends is whoever scored a touchdown that yep. week, right? Well, he had he had sixty catches on ninety three targets last season, six hundred twelve yards, did not catch a touchdown, still finished as a tight end one three times, and then a tight end two, six more times. In fact, all nine of those finishes, the the three tight end one games and the six tight end two games were top 18 without a touchdown. So, you know, there were plenty of games where six catches for 87 yards on eight targets, eight catches for 65 on 11 targets, six for 71 on nine. And and those are his three um, tight end one type games. And, and, you know, if it weren't for a couple tackles inside the five yard line, and I think a touchdown that got called back uh, if my memory serves me correctly, due to due to a holding penalty, you know that season could have been much better. He finished as the tight end twenty one overall, Matt. But we could have seen a, a top twelve tight end season if he finds Pater just a couple of times on the season. The difference between tight end nine overall and tight end twenty one is only a few fantasy points per game. So it it only takes finding the end zone a, a couple times. We we saw him get a little bit of chemistry towards the end of the season, especially. Um, and when you have a young quarterback like the bears do with Justin Fields, you need that tight end option as the dump off. You mentioned that he could be a top two option on his football team. That's a big factor in trying to determine the the player that could make that leap. I wouldn't be surprised if, if commit makes a jump into the top eight or 10, if he were to put up, Pat Fryermuth type numbers next season. I don't think anybody would be all that surprised. And Fryermuth right now comes in at tight end eight at 93 overall in our ADP. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say he's probably going to have a career high in both targets and touchdowns. He, he his, his, his career high in touchdowns is two his rookie season. So I, I'm pretty sure I feel like he could eclipse that with at six six two sixty. And there's, you know, if, if they're counting, uh, Darnell Mooning as their wide receiver one. It's not like there's any size there. It seems like he's going to be a player who has to score more from the deep edge of the range or maybe, you know, some kind of slot options moving him around the formation if they're going to get him the ball uh, close to the end zone. So Komet seems to be a, a big uh, 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 recipient of, of an increased target share as well. You said 93 last season. I think we could see him definitely in the, you know, in the, in the, in the triple digits for sure in the 100 to 110 range and maybe even higher than that. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for opportunities, and and with a guy like Komet, who's only 23 years old, came in with the pedigree that we really like to see out of these tight ends. He is a seam stretcher, a guy that can be a a weapon in the red zone as well. I think I think tight end six, tight end eight, that's his kind of potential, and it could come as soon as 2022. So I like that call 
for for Cole Komet. I went the other way. I went with a short-term option and probably a pretty easy one to to pick out. Went all the way down to tight end 19 and Zach Ertz, who's going to be 32 during the season. Of course, Arizona gave him the big contract. You know, I, I think a lot of dynasty managers, Matt, are forgetting his run with the Cardinals towards the end of last season. Got traded between week six and week seven last year and immediately had a tight end one type type effort uh, in his first game back or first game with the Cardinals. That wasn't his only tight end one game of the season. In fact, he had five more the rest of the way the, um, with the Cardinals. And, and even before that, he had three tight end one seasons with their games with the Eagles earlier in the year. So, you know, finished the season as a tight end five and really put up staggering numbers. If, you know, when we, we think about tight ends and how they finish every year, these veterans kind of get swept under the rug regularly, but tight end five on the year, 112 targets, 74 catches for 763 yards and five touchdowns in his, I think 10 weeks, 10 games with the Cardinals. He had a tight end 29 finish, a tight end 39 finish. And then his worst finish otherwise was tight end 15, which was four catches for 42 yards. Other than that, they're all tight end one type games where where he's he's really helping you get a win every single week. And, you know, they, they made a multi-year commitment to Zach Ertz. So I don't think this is a 2022 like trade option only if you're if you're one piece away and need that starting tight end Ertz is a great option but we might squeeze a couple seasons out of Ertz of tight end one type upside man yeah I don't I don't disagree I I just think it's the the asking price what are you what are you going to willing to pay for him and are you are you sending in like an early second and if you haven't had your rookie draft this year for him and you need a tight end uh, there's a couple of interesting deals in the trade finder. We got Ertz in, a, in the 212 for the 202. So you just moving down all the way to the bottom of the second round and picking up a starting tight end for yourself. I kind of like that one. A, a similar move with the 207 instead of the 212. Um, I like that one a little bit, a little bit less, I guess. Uh, GJ Chark straight up. I think that's a slam dunk. But then you have some other ones. Like I think a second round pick, a mid to late second round pick is kind of where I'm at. Um, we we love these 23 picks. There's one deal in here for uh, a, a second and a third next year. That seems like a little bit, a, a, maybe a little bit rich, unless you just you're really the top of the of of the ranks in your league and you just need that tight end. I know I, I typically don't let a third round pick um, stop a deal from happening, so that may be what happened here, where they offered him for a second, the guy countered for a second and a third, and you know you're probably not going to say no at that point. Um, but I think at a late second, mid to late second this season, and uh, I guess hopefully you have a little bit of information of what the team will be looking at, like if you were to try to trade it for a 23, um, for a 23 second, uh, I would hope it would be towards the bottom of that uh, that range if you're looking to do something like that. So I think that's what you got to pay, uh, that, that mid to late second range in either case. Of course, Arizona drafted a rookie tight end as well, Trey McBride. Yep. Um you know, people are, it's interesting. People are so excited about McBride and his upside. And I guess I would consider myself that that way as well. I, I think there is some upside there, but he's going to have to wait with that contract Ertz got. Trey McBride's ADP 151 overall, tight end 17. Zach Ertz, 155 overall, tight end 19. And that's post NFL draft ADP. Matt, if you're, if you're on the clock and you can either pick McBride or go get Ertz, which way are you going? I'm probably going to go for McBride uh, just in a vacuum, but I understand going for it. I mean, with those prices, honestly, why not just try to acquire both? Sure. Yeah, that, that you makes know, like sense. that way you cover yourself. You know, it may get frustrating if, if McBride kind of gets starts getting worked in more towards the end of the season. Um, but, you know, at least you're you're covered there and you ha- you're attached to a good offense and a good quarterback. So I kind of like getting getting both of them. But if I have to pick one, it's probably going to be McBride. Yeah, I'd be the other way. I'd take Ertz. I, I expect him to be a top six tight end in 2022. And I just don't know if you're ever going to get a top six season out of Trey McBride. Uh, you might get get a couple out of Ertz still before he calls it a career. 31 years old right now. 
Uh, before we move on, let's talk about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest way to play fantasy sports. If you've never played Underdog before, now is the perfect time to try it out. Sign up using the promo code DLF and deposit a minimum of $10. Then you can start playing daily fantasy, pick them head-to-head player props, or season-long best ball. Underdog will also fully match your deposit up to $100 on top of All that, new Underdog users will get a free year of DLF Premium subscription with just a $10 deposit. So all you have to do is visit the DLF website, DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click on the Underdog promo image and sign up from there. Or simply visit UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code DLF when you sign up. Already have a DLF Premium subscription? No problem. We'll just add another year to your existing subscription. Don't forget, you must enter that promo code DLF. That's DLF in order to receive your free DLF premium subscription. Cash, stash, or future trash. This is a fun one we do from time to time, Matt. It's cash, stash, and future trash, and it's the rookie edition. So... We're going to go off of MFL Rookie Draft ADP. They've compiled more than 200 real rookie drafts with offensive-only players already this offseason. And we're going to try to identify third-round cash, so picks between number 25 and 36 that are going to be cash, a second-round stash player between 13 and 24, and then a first-round trash player, which could be a lot of fun at the end here, uh, try to identify the player that we don't think will work out out of that first round. Let's start with the positives, though, Matt. We're going to start in the third round, find our cash player, and these players include Tyler Algier, Matt Corral, Wandale Robinson, Jalen Tolbert, Tyrion Davis-Price, Jelani Woods, Khalil Shakir, Tyquan Thornton, Keontae Ingram, Sam Howell, Justin Ross, and Greg Dolchich. So if you had to identify a cash player out of this group, Matt, who are you going with? I really think there are multiple in this range, but there's one that sticks out like a sore thumb to me. And I guess it's a little bit cheating because it's the very first player on the list there, but that's Tyler Algier for me. He just seems to be in the best situation um, of this group of players to make an immediate impact. And, uh, you know, with that Atlanta backfield, we still have Corderell Patterson there. I We saw him really kind of run down towards the end of the season. And I'm not really sure. Um, he's, he's built for that kind of between the tackles kind of grinding role. He is, you know, actually bigger, uh, than Tyler Algier, six two two twenty. Um, so, but, it, but he just doesn't profile that way to me. So I think he's going to hopefully go back to being a receiver, especially considered the dearth of receiving options there outside of London and Pitts. They also signed Damian Williams, who I don't know about you, Dan, I'm going to, I'm going to let you take a guess before I tell you, if you, if I had to ask, if I asked you a question and said, you know, how what what what's what's Damian Williams height and weight? What would you say? Five ten, two hundred and one pound. That's what I thought. I thought he was a little bit of a smaller back, but he's actually five eleven, two twenty-five. Oh and he does not play like a big back to me. So I can't really see him taking that role over Algier either. He's he's a more of a speed guy, at least the way that I think about him when but you know, he's also a uh, going to be 30, I think, this year. So he's right on the cusp of that. They also signed Jeremy McNichols, the journeyman who can, you know, can, can kind of do a little bit of everything, but nothing super great. So to me, I really see this backfield at least, you know, having a, a, a good chance of shaking out as Algier as that early down guy, the first and second down guy, and, and probably the goal line um, option as well. And Patterson and Williams mixing in as that change of pace uh, uh, back. Uh, so, I mean, I just feel like he's going to be in a good situation to put up immediate fantasy numbers. Maybe not something we're going to trust starting every single week, but, you know, as that, as that flex play where you're looking for a touchdown and, you know, 50, 60 yards, I think that, that Algier has the best opportunity of these guys to kind of make that kind of, of production for us as in his rookie season. I, I like that Algier, even though it is probably the easy one, cause he's 25 overall in this ADP. And, you know, typically I would say, He's a late second round pick in most of the drafts that I see, at least the the ones with sharp players. Um, some of this ADP includes super flex information. You know, some of it does not. So we, we just kind of wanted a good mix of players. I You know, the thing with Algier is he, 
I don't see him as a special player. He's a no. he's a replacement level running back. He he does a lot of things well and nothing great in my opinion. So I see him as a guy who could help out around the goal line and in short yardage. I certainly see him as a as a backup tailback that if called upon for a week or two could could hold down the fort. I just don't see him running away from a job even after after watching Cordero Patterson do what he did last year. Now, now maybe they do move Patterson to the outside and let him play more wide receiver steps. And maybe that's because Algier plays so well, but I, I just question whether he'll ever carve out a big enough role to be fantasy relevant for more than a one week stretch here and there. That's, that's fair. It's totally fair. I definitely don't see him as a long-term option, but I think at least for, for this season, I think at minimum he's going to have that goal run. Really, I do, I do think he he's a much you know I, I guess size wise he's not much bigger or even smaller than apparently Damian, Damian Williams. But in terms of play style, in terms of what they do well, we really saw Algier um, do well in those is kind of short yardage and goal line situations in college. You know, a converted linebacker. Uh, so I think there's still some upside there as he continues to learn the position, especially as an NFL level. Um, so you might be right. It might be, we talk about windows sometimes within seasons where we have a three to four week season where a guy gets really hot and Algier might be a guy like that. But, uh, you know, like I said, and like you mentioned, you know, it's going to be tough to consider him an every week starter um, for your teams. But once we get through these bye weeks through these injuries, as we know what happens to the running back position, especially in a longer, longer season, I think he hopes will be viable uh, at some point. Like you, there were a lot of players that I considered for this. And originally, I thought Ty Davis Price was going to be my my selection. I'm going to switch it last minute. Oh. And go with Jalen Tolbert, who, yep. according to this ADP, is 28. Uh, I liked Tolbert coming out of college. And, you know, another player that, that you know, like you, Matt, we like route runners, right? Guys that can create separation. And Tolbert can do that a little bit. He's 23 years old, so... Um, not the youngest wide receiver got good enough draft capital, I would say in Dallas and the landing spot is just so good in my opinion, because he has CD lamb on the outside to, to kind of help out and, and take that coverage away. There's, there's also a good tight end on the roster. They should have a running game. And then more than anything, maybe it's Michael Gallup. He has that torn ACL, maybe a, a guy that'll end up on the pup list, give Tolbert an opportunity to play early. And I think even if he is third, fourth, maybe even fifth on the depth chart early in the season, he can he, he's one of the more talented wide receivers on the roster. And by the end of the season, I expect him to get regular run on the outside. Tolbert, you know, maybe maybe like Algier, doesn't do anything great, but he is a he is a good route runner that can create that separation. And I think Dak's gonna like that. I mean I really wish that they were doing um do, oh last year they did in the in the off season they they did the show behind the scenes on HBO I can't remember the name Hard of Knocks that. Hard Knocks Hard Thank Knocks you. I really wish it was this year cuz I, I I'd like that that input to be able to see him uh behind the scenes running those routes yep. against NFL corners I think his game is going to transition to Sundays and they might have got a steal I, there's there's already news in rookie OTAs and and uh, unmandatory mini camps that that Tolbert's looked good, and if you can get him in the third round in a rookie draft, that feels like stealing at this point. Yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's going to be the you know be the third uh, third in targets on on this team behind uh, C. Lamb, of course, and probably Dalton Schultz as well. Um, but I think he fits in perfectly with this system. We're going to see them start the season at least without uh, Michael Gallup. We're going to see them, you know, potentially start the season or at least the the offseason activities without James Washington, who they signed, uh, who's I think I saw as in a walking boot currently. Um, and he's a he's a big play receiver. He averaged 17.8 yards per catch over his final three seasons. He showed 4-4 speed of the combine. Uh, and, you know, that's. You know, CD Lamb is good, but I'm not sure he's necessarily uh, a deep threat in the same way that Jalen Tolbert is through both his route running and his his speed there. So he's going to offer something immediately that the other receivers don't. So I like that call quite a bit. And if I was in a league that had, you know, a small taxi squad on it, 
and I could only fit a few players on there. I think Tolbert would be one that I could see either not even placing on the taxi squad because of the potential he could have to produce for me this season. Uh, or at least somebody that I see coming off of the, 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 ta- the practice squad after I see what he does in the first couple of weeks. I think every dynasty owner at some point in their career has been excited about James Washington's upside when he was with Pittsburgh, (laughs) but his biggest season was 80 targets, just caught 44 of them, 735 yards and three touchdowns. But you know, wide receiver three, just, just over and over and over again in that offense. And then, and then wide receiver four five or six numbers for fantasy managers it just never really happened. I'm not he didn't get big money in free agency. I don't think the Cowboys expect him to be a big part of their offense unless for some reason Gallup can't come back. Cert, certainly didn't keep him from taking Tolbert uh on day 2 of the NFL draft. Let's let's run into second round ADP and we're looking for a second round stash here players that Wound up in round two, Jahan Dotson, Rashad White, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, David Bell, Malik Willis, Trey McBride, Alec Pierce, John Mechie, Zamir White, Desmond Ritter, and Brian Robinson. Matt, who do you got here as a second round stash? I went towards the top again. I went with Rashad White. Uh, it seems clear to me that you guys, you guys, uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. I listened to both of the shows while I was out, and you guys talked about Leonard Fournette as a, a buy target for somebody looking for for running back production if you're a competing team. And I love that because I think he's going to get everything he can handle uh, this season. Um, but after that, you know, I think G- Giovanni Bernard is not long for this league, at least in some kind of major role. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, I think he has had opportunities and and he hasn't really done anything with them. Uh, you know, other than that, it's it's Rashad White, and I think he offers the skill set that he he can he can play he could be an ever down role if forced into it. I certainly think his pass catching ability is the thing we're more, most excited about, but I think he could fill in. Uh, as a, as an every down back, if he was called on to do so, I don't think he's just going to be handed the job. Should Fournette uh, not be with the team next year, I'm sure the, there will be competition. But I think that receiving ability really is going to set him apart. Uh, and you know, if, if Bernard has health problems this season, could even mix in uh, a little bit his rookie season. So I really like White as a stash. I'm not sure we're going to get too much out of him in year one, but for year two and beyond, I think he could be a, a player in this offense. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that selection. He's, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about him quite a few times on the show. And, um, you know, the landing spot is good because of what you talked yep. about there. Fournette isn't isn't going to be there forever. And, and Rashad White, well, we're not expecting really big things without a Fournette injury early in his career. I think he could mix in and show enough that to get dynasty managers excited. And, you know, spending that early second round pick especially – Feels like the place to go get him. It's when you're when you're forced to t- use the eleventh pick, twelfth pick. That's when yeah. I start feeling like, oh, there's probably better value out there, both short term and long term. I went with Alec Pierce here and went back to the receiver position as well. You know, Pierce Pierce is a fun target or a, f- a fun fun player to watch in college. Uh, of course, played at Cincinnati and he was like he was a deep threat. He made plays down the field in college that that a lot of people don't expect him to make in the NFL. People see him more as that outside possession receiver, 6'3", 210 pounds, and and a guy that, while he has speed, 4'4", speed, and that 40-inch vertical, that was enough to get, get people pretty excited about him as a prospect, and the draft capital is so good in Indianapolis, second round, 21st pick in, in round two. Um, the opportunity with the Colts is just ideal really you know outside of of one one real strong option in that passing game they're searching they're they're looking for just anybody to play on the outside and i expect that to be alec pierce and and him to have to mix in with some of the other receivers on the depth chart matt but but pierce brings a different kind of skill set than all those other guys in indianapolis right now and the fact that we can get him according to this adp at 20 overall sometimes maybe even a little later than that that feels like a bargain to me yeah i i I like this pick with some hesitation i do feel like he's going to be best used especially in in this offense uh as as that deeper threat i don't think ty hilton can necessarily get there anymore um 
so I think that's going to be his primary role. I think this is fan, this 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 drafting is really fantastic news for Michael Pittman, uh, who I think is going to be you know all over the field in that offense. But Pierce with that speed, with that size, uh, the the one question I wonder about uh, is Matt Ryan's ability to throw the deep ball if he's going to be used in that in that route. I, I think I think he's definitely an upgrade over Carson Wentz in general. Carson Wentz is more kind of that gunner, though. He's going to run around and throw the ball up and let his players make make plays on it. Matt Ryan, I don't think, is necessarily going to be that kind of player. So I do worry about Pierce's uh, volume a little bit, but but this is a stash category we're talking about here. So Matt Ryan is not going to be his quarterback forever. You know, maybe he gets a couple of years there. Maybe we're dealing with that for a couple of years. Um, but uh, you know, long term, hopefully they get somebody that can can uh, really take more advantage of that deep speed and size. Um, but either way, this is a great fit for Pierce, and I love him as a stash pick. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe I listened to too many scout scouting podcasts, and I know the draft dudes they talk about him a lot as a more of a possession re- receiver at the next level. You have to refine his route running a little bit, but I just love the opportunity outside of Pittman. There's not really a pass catching touchdown or tight end that we're all that concerned with. The running backs don't catch that many footballs in Indianapolis, and maybe Matt Ryan changes that a little bit. But outside of Pittman, we're looking at Paris Campbell and. Ashton Doolin and you know Desmond be careful Patton. of Paris Campbell come on I still There's got love for left. Paris Campbell Campbell's gonna get on the field in week <laughs> one but I he may not stay healthy through the through the first yeah, quarter that is and, the problem you know unless they sign somebody you're gonna see a lot of Alec Pierce in year one and again most rookies are not that great but if he's gonna get that kind of playing time and turns it on late enough in the season he could be the ideal stash for year two three and four in Indianapolis even with Matt Ryan and and them being a run first team, let's. This get is sort the- of a this is sort of a tangent, Dan. But how how have the Colts not just gone out and and signed Julio? Yeah, just make that reunite reunite happen with those they, two. They got to get. They clearly have really feels a need. Like yeah, we'll we'll see if they if they do that in the coming weeks. First round trash. This one's the funnest one to me because we got the big names here: Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Drake London. Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, James Cook, Kenny Pickett, and George Pickens. The best of the best of this rookie class, and we got to call one of them trash, Matt. Who you got? This one's uh, this is really tough because I don't know if it's just because we've been staring at these players for a very long time, but you know none of these players really feel like mega busts. Uh, and I've 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 gone back and forth since we talked uh, pre-show when we were setting this up, and I I changed my pick to Kenneth Walker. I just feel like I think we have to consider where these players are being taken. And second overall for a player who's going and going to a bad team, I know they like to run the ball, but they have several guys there who they can mix in. Um, we saw we saw a Seattle draft Rashad Rashad Penny in the first round all those years ago. And it's taken him this long to to really produce. I know a lot of that, and most of that is probably injury rated. But it's also because Chris Carson played really well, and we don't know what's happening with him. So I think that just the range of outcome with Walker's lends himself to potentially being a bust. They could hand him the ball from day one and say, "You're the guy." I could absolutely see that happening. But I could also see him, you know, as part of a, a two or three man committee, maybe even more than that. Um, for a, for a really bad football team who's starting Drew Locke or Geno Smith at quarterback. So I think you're really taking a leap of faith, taking him over uh, those, those five to seven wide receivers, however you want to shake it out. Um, so just based on the price you have to pay to acquire and the situation, I went with Kenneth Walker. Hmm. Well, I know you hate that. No, I don't mind that at all. It's, 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 uh, it's aggressive because you went with a high player and, you know, there's a lot of people pounding the table for Walker to potentially even be the number one pick in rookie drafts right now because Seattle loves to run the ball so much. I loved Kenneth Walker in his one season at Michigan State, proved himself as a, as a quality runner, both between the tackles and on the outside. But I see some red flags there as well. Because you changed yours, I was originally going to go with a lower player as well and take the easy way out. I'm going to go a little bit higher, just like you did. I'll take Traylon Burks. And mm. and that's a high one for me because I do have him at number number three in my rankings. I would take him that high, but I think we have to at least admit that there 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 is caution. There's reason to be cautious with, with Traylon Burks because he doesn't, 
he's not your traditional wide receiver that can just get open and make big plays down the field. In fact, a lot of his biggest plays at Arkansas came at the line of scrimmage, those bubble screens creating after the catch. And, you know, that 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 doesn't always work out for players like that. We we've seen so many come through the league and and really struggle um to to kind of carve out that role and a lot of that is due to the the coaching staff and and maybe what you know what how they use these players when they come into the league but you know we've seen guys like Lavesca Chenault who who is supposed to be this type of player that catches all these creative bubble screens and, and these op- tunnel screens and these opportunities to get the ball in their hands quickly and it just doesn't work out so I think there's that angle and then the other one might be because he landed in Tennessee a quarterback that maybe isn't the isn't that top end quarterback that you'd like to see with a young wide receiver uh offense where clearly the running game is the priority um he also doesn't separate by himself all that well he's not a guy that can create that space for himself so he he depends on that ball that quick ball and then he depends on double moves which he might be great at at the next level with Derrick Henry getting the, getting those fake handoffs and and running that play action game so I love the the positives when it comes to Traylon Burks. The negatives are 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 the weaknesses, I guess you could call them, um, are are important. You know, he he uh, he struggles with those fifty fifty balls sometimes. He's um, I don't know why, but he he tries to catch the ball with one hand when it's not he doesn't really have to. That happens from time to time as well. So I, I'm I'm a little worried about the route running. I'm a little worried about the landing spot, the quarterback, the coaching staff, and all that makes me think uh, makes me I guess pick him as as first round trash, which I want to throw up by saying that. That's that's really tough cuz he's he's still my wide receiver one. I think he was your wide receiver one and he 101 was, yeah. overall at one point uh during this process and I definitely get the things understand the things you're talking about we also had early camp reports of him you know his conditioning with his conditioning and struggling with staying on the field and that kind of thing but we've also seen him make those spectacular grabs there's uh one just from a from uh, a few days ago of him just skying for the ball and I know these are unpadded practices where we're, we're playing against uh he's not he's not even really playing with the starters yet outside of Tannehill um, a lot of these guys are still recovering from injury or just just aren't showing up for 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 these OTAs right now um but I just I, I'll say I'll say one thing if if Traylon Burks is trash if he busts year one I'm moving him as soon as possible because there's going to be really no excuses for him outside of the he's raw and he can't run routes and all this stuff. Because I really do feel like he's going to get, you know, so much volume. It's going to be really difficult for him to fail. So if he gets a ton of volume and he still fails, uh, he's somebody I'm definitely going to be looking to move on from very quickly. It is. I want it on the record that we took two of the top four players in this ADP, you know, we may make it hard on ourselves, Dan. (laughs) I hope nobody's listening to this like a year from now laughing at us, Uh, but we'll see how that shakes out. (laughs) Let's hop in the dynasty DeLorean where we're going. We don't need ADP. Uh, We don't need ADP. We're going to create the ADP, Matt. It's uh, it's 2023. We we flash forward to 2023, May of 2023, to see what the first round of startup dynasty ADP will look like. Now, I I think it's important, first of all, to recap where we are, according to DLF ADP right now. 1 through 12, it's Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, Christian McCaffrey, CeeDee Lamb, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Swift, Debo Samuel, Javante Williams, and A.J. Brown. I love this top 12, Matt. I think we have it right at this point. Those are the top 12 players in Dynasty right now today. I feel good about that, with maybe one or two exceptions that that should change over time. We need to try to identify what's going to happen over the next 12 months as far as this ADP goes. So... You know, I guess before we start, we should we should first have a general conversation of, of what we expect to happen over the next year and how you feel things will go as far as who will be in and who will be out, Matt. 
Yeah, I think the first step in this exercise is to identify the players that we are. I mean, it's really difficult to be 100% sure when you have a a 50% rate of of players dropping out of the first round. But I think together we've identified a a group of these players that we're pretty confident are going to going to stick around in the first round, maybe even the top half of the first round uh, for 2023. And those players, of course, are the top Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, Kyle Pitts and CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I feel pretty strongly that those guys are all going to stay. It seems to me that and I, I guess everybody at this point that that Jefferson and Chase are uh, – you know, just a, just a tier above every other receiver. Uh, and there's no running backs right now outside of Taylor that we really feel strongly about in the first round. At least, at least I don't, um, it's, it's difficult to take some of these aging guys, um, that are in here. For me, it's a little bit difficult to take, uh, Najee Harris and Deandre Swift. Uh, I, I could definitely see them falling out based on team situations. Um, so those five players, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to see them falling out of the first round, but after that, I think we have a big conversation to have. Um, if we're going to slate those as the top five guys, I put them as Jefferson one chase two, Taylor three Pitts four lamb five. Uh, and that's for, for the 2023 ADP, not current ADP. So after that at one Oh six, I think is where we really have to start having a conversation. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Those are my top five players as well the only difference being chase at one and jefferson at two but we're probably splitting hairs um so so you're right we we do have those top five and just just for historical sake we should we should mention that over the past three years uh every single year either five six or seven players have stayed in in may adp from the year prior seven from 19 to 20 five from 20 to 21 and then now six from last year's ADP to 2021 to now 2022. So I think we're on the right, right track here. Having five locks that we feel are going to be in next year. I like lamb being that fifth player because of the opportunity that we talked about now that sixth player. Cause it does feel like if, if we're building this ADP, Matt, there's going to be another player most likely that, that remains from 2022 ADP to, to next year's ADP. If you had to pick that player, Matt, who would it be? I'm going with T Higgins here. I think he is poised for a big season. I know Chase is the big dog there. Uh, but you know, in only 14 games last season, T Higgins had, had a heck of a, of a heck of a year, 110 targets, 74 catches, almost 1100 yards and repeated his six touchdowns from his rookie season. Uh, and even when he came back, he didn't, uh, you know, immediately look uh, from that injury, didn't look just quite right. So I would say we probably had more like 10 to 12 games of full strength T Higgins and Joe Mixon is a very good running back, but I think this team is going to clearly continue to play to their strengths, which to me is the passing game with Joe Burrow and these uh, these three wide receivers uh, that they have there. And Higgins uh, is, 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 is to me is the, is the short yardage touchdown guy. I think Chase is, is clearly the, the the better downfield threat in terms of the vertical passing game. But once we get down closer to the end zone, I think Higgins is really going to take over. He's he has a potential, I think, to see. Uh, even more volume than the Jamar Chase did uh, it does in, in 2022, um, which is going to push him up as well. Uh, so these two, I think, are difficult to project both of these guys in the top six. Um, but Higgins is somebody I feel very comfortable with as a, as a first round receiver, uh, even, even now, to be honest with you, uh, I would, if you wanted to take him at one twelve now, I would not have too much of a problem with that. So he's somebody I feel comfortable with. Maybe one Oh six is a little high considering the, the, the teammate also in the, in, in going off in the top two picks. Um, but somewhere in this, this top 12, I see him going in, in 2023 and, and really putting him at the one Oh six is more of a confidence over the other players that we're going to talk about. Hmm. Well, two things about that. First of all, I asked who out of the current ADP in the top 12 would stay, (laughs) not who you had at number six. And then secondly, I, I had him actually at 16 in my 2023 ADP. So, so losing a couple of spots, I I just see, and you mentioned it, it because of chase, um, I, I, and I love Burrow and I love that offense and they, they address the offensive line in the off season. That all sounds great. I just have a hard time putting two guys from the same offense at the same position 
into ADP. But but let's save that for a late first round conversation. If you had to pick somebody that was in the <laughs> ADP for May of 2022 to stay in in 23, who would that be, Matt? For the rest of the players here, I didn't. I I, I definitely didn't mean to ignore your question. Yeah, I got excited <laughs> to talk about about T Higgins, I guess. Um, but another player that I could see staying out of this top 12, um, I would say Javante. Williams, but I think he is going to take that lead back role. And I think just because of the the running back position in general, we talked about it before the show, like it gets real ugly real quick uh, at the running back position. So I think even with Melvin Gordon sticking around and probably having, uh, you know, maybe not as big of a role as he did during Javante Williams's rookie season, but still, you know, probably a a decent sized role. I still think we're going to see enough from Williams uh, to keep him in uh, in the top 12. I actually had Javante at six in my, mm, in my ADP see that. from 2022. So I completely agree with you there. I had one other player staying as well. And it, it was at number 12 overall. And it was Deandre Swift. I know you mentioned him as a player that mm-hmm. you could see falling out. So now we, we should really, really look at who can jump in and some interesting historical numbers. Once again, about, about how this usually works out. Uh, from 2021 to 2022 ADP, those six players stayed in, and then two came from round two, one from round three, and three from round four. So there were some big jumps going from and it, from the, the third or fourth round into round one. In From 20 to 21, five stayed in from round one. There were only two that jumped in from round two, Four from picks 27 to 37, so right around that third round, and then one from all the way down in round five. And then the year before, 19 to 20, seven stayed in, two from round two, one from round four, one from round five, and then one rookie. So I guess, I guess first of all, should we eliminate the rookie, or do you think there could be a 2023 rookie in the top 12, Matt? I've got two of them in there, so I hope okay. so. Who, who, who are you two? Because I have one. My my one is Brees Hall. Okay, I think, you, I think he's. I mean, I mean, twenty three rookies next year's rookies. Oh, I apologize. Did you have any of those? Uh, y- yes, I do. I have Bijan uh, Robinson. Yes, I do as well. That's the one I have in there, and I think he's probably. You know, traditionally it's hard to break the top ten, so I think we should probably put him towards the bottom. Um, how about rookies from the twenty twenty two draft? How many of those do you have in? It sounded like two. I've got. I've got two. I've got Brees Hall, and I have uh, your bust, your trash guy, Traylon Burks. Oh wow! All right, I didn't. Burks was down there for me as well. Um, per, closer to twenty than than ten. Uh, where did you have those two guys? I had Hall at one hundred eight. I guess I would put him as the running back two at this time next season. Uh, and I have Burks at the one eleven, and that would be the wide receiver one two three. Uh, the wide receiver six this time yeah. next year. I had Brees Hall at eight overall. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I did have Burks down at twenty. So we need to we need to fill these gaps. You've mentioned I think eight players that you think are going to be in, right? Um, yep. Who are the other four? I've got Jalen Waddle at one hundred seven. Right. That's where I have him as well. I kept. I actually did. If I if I said that I took Swift out of the top twelve before, I, I misspoke. I did keep him in there at ten, one at ten overall. Okay. And then I've got J.K. Dobbins. At 12. I have J.K. Dobbins at eleven as well. So the only difference we really have here, you have T. Higgins in there, and and I think you have. Uh, Burks. It's just Burks then. Burks. I think. Yeah. So you had Burks that wasn't in there, and I have. I have another rookie. I have London. I put Drake London in there. I got in him my, at 14, so it's close for me too. In, in my top 12. Uh, and then I have Jamison Williams as well. So my oh. my top 12 goes Chase, Jefferson, Taylor, Pitts, Lamb, Javante, Waddle, London, Brees, Hall, Jamison Williams, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift. That's 12. Recap your top 12. Yeah, we're 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 pretty darn close. I got Jefferson one, Chase two, Taylor three, Pitts four, Lamb five, Tiggins six, Jalen Waddle seven, 
Brees Hall, eight, Javante Williams, nine, DeAndre Swift, number 10, Traylon Burks, 1.11, and rounding it out with J.K. Dobbins at 12. And I really had a conversation, I guess, with myself about putting either Dobbins or Akers there. Uh, those two are, are real close for me, and I could see both of them kind of making the leap. And again, I think a lot of this is because of the the running back conversation and and how how quickly it gets disgusting. So uh, those guys might be, be getting pushed up into that first round just because of the the lack of of talent at that position. Uh, and that will change after twenty twenty three rookie drafts, absolutely. So uh, it's possible that that multiple of those guys, whether it's Gibbs and, and Robinson or somebody else that emerges uh, is also in this conversation at that point. So you had Higgins and Burks. I had London and Jamison Williams. You said you had London at 14. Jamison Williams came in at. He came in at 17. Okay. So, so Jamison Williams is, is quite a bit significantly f- farther down for you. Burks is significantly for me. I would say that's, that's pretty much a wash. I don't know if we have to come up with with an exact twelve. We we nailed ten of them together. So yeah, yeah, without even right talking about it beforehand. 10. And uh, we didn't even talk about it. And and we both put a future rookie that's not even in the league with Bijan Robinson. And we both took a guy that is currently at thirty seven or excuse me thirty one in current ADP and moved him into the first round. That's J.K. Dobbins. I had Jamison Williams coming all the way up from fifty four and Drake London coming from twenty nine. Overall, Waddle, we both had, he's currently 16. So so we brought some guys up for sure. Um, there, there are a couple guys that we probably should mention here. Neither one of us had Najee Harris. He's currently at number four. I had him down there at 14. So not Ooh. too far off the top 12. And then A.J. Brown as well. He's been a top 12 player for, for the last couple of years, at least in May. And... You know, the, the situation there seems pretty good, but I I kind of feel like he, that was a step down for A.J. Brown just slightly. And uh, we should expect pretty much par for the course. He's going to he's going to come in at number 15 for me. I've got him exactly 15 as well. Uh, I had Najee Harris down at 18. Um, and then I'll mention the last few guys that I had in the conversation here. I, uh, I had Drake Ludden at 14, Akers at 13. I, th- I know it, and this is not going to be popular, especially with you, since he came up as one of your least favorite fantasy players recently. But I think DK Metcalf still is in the conversation uh, uh, for that. You know, yeah, I had him at nineteen. I just, I just feel like he's, I, I just feel like he's just, he's, he's just so good. Even with the bad quarterback, with the bad situation, he's going to get enough targets to potentially get there. Um, and then I had, I had two tight ends. Uh, in addition to Pitts that have a chance. I've got Andrews at 16, Kittle at 17. Andrews, I just think, I mean, I know his volume was massive uh, in 2021, uh, but they've gotten worse at receiver, I think you could say, and I do think they're going to recommit to running the ball after all of those horrible running back injuries last season, but I could still see him uh, getting that 150, 160 targets. At that, at that time, we're starting to talk to him or, or talk about him or at least consider him in the same breath as we did uh, with Travis Kelsey early in his run. So I could see him kind of sneaking into the back end. Um, I also had uh, th- this one I don't feel as great about, but I, my last player that I ranked was Stefan Diggs, just because we've seen, uh, we, we've constantly seen an older wide receiver kind of sneak into the first round. This year, it's, uh, it's Cooper Cup, uh, I believe, is in, is in there. Uh, last season, I think Devontae Adams was or Tyree Kill was was in that range. So if we're going to have one of these guys, I don't think it's going to be one of those two uh, because of their new situations. I think it could be Stephon Diggs. We saw him obviously just explode his first year in Buffalo two seasons ago, take a little bit of a step back last season. So we could see him certainly rebound and have an incredible season that pushes him into that range. Did you have Debo ranked? Um, I had, I didn't actually write him down, oh, but I, I would think if I did, right I went, now. he was inside of mine as well. I had Garrett, Garrett Wilson in my top 24 as well. Um, you know, and, and our listeners may be wondering, Hey, Hey, wait a minute here. Christian McCaffrey, where does he fall? He was number one in 2020, <laughs> number one in 2021, still holding on to number six right now, but he's about to turn 26. In fact, his birthday is on June 5th. And since 2014, only three running backs have been top 12 that were older than CMC is right now. Melvin Gordon in 2019, Le'Veon Bell in 2018, and David Johnson in 2018, all very early in their 26s in May ADP. 
On average, those running backs fell 22 spots 12 months later, all of them outside of the top 12, obviously. And then Cooper Cup as well. Um, a lot of people taking him in the top 10 or 12 in startups right now. The only 20-year-old, 28-year-old, excuse me, wide receiver to return to the top 12 in ADP was Antonio Brown in 2018. He stayed at the 105 overall. The other three 28-year-old receivers since 2014 um, fell out of round one, and most of them fell quite a ways. So I don't think anybody should expect Cooper Cup, even if he does have a big season, to return to the top 12 once again next season. Anything to add here before we get out of here, Matt? Uh, no, not really. I, I think you, what you said there was good, and this is not a – we're not condemning these players to not having a good next season. It's just because of the way the dynasty mar uh, marketplace works. These players, because of age, are not going to get there. And if, I mean, if CMC has a, a, a top three to five kind of running back season, I could see, I, I think he could probably still be in the back end of the second round, but I don't think we ever see him in the first round again, um, even with an incredible season. And the same thing, like you said, goes for, for Cup and these other elite wide receivers that are, that are getting up there in age. So, um, you know, you got to have, you really got to be looking to the future when trying to do this exercise uh despite how how uncomfortable it might feel that's going to do do it for this episode of the program um of the podcast excuse me follow the podcast at dlf podcast on twitter get your questions in every week we like answering those you can follow me at dmyler22 matt's at matt price ff follow ryan even though he's not on this week's show at ryan mc23 uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.